I, I don't like to share bad news, and I don't like to say I told you so, but you have to understand something. Uh, welcome back to Speaking Out America. Jim Watkins here. Uh, on the onset, back in 2020, about March, I launched a, a podcast which was called The Coronavirus Update because there was a lot of information that was coming out, and it's still up, and, and every once in a while I'll update it if there's relevant news. But uh, there was a lot of information coming out, and as a radio journalist, it really irritated me that I saw a deliberate attempt to misinform the general public as to what was happening with the COVID uh, virus. And if you recall, much of this has been flushed out, so we don't have to go down memory lane, but if you'll recall... Uh, most of the emphasis was on the contagion of COVID-19. The number of people that were testing positive for having COVID-19 in their bloodstream or SARS-CoV-2. And the media fed on this and continued to press this fear because contagion and infection do not mean that you are sick or that you are in pain or that you are going to die. But the numbers of people that were being infected, supposedly infected, when really what they had was a trace of COVID in their system, didn't necessarily mean they even had symptoms. They were just testing positive for this virus that was in their body. But the media didn't draw the distinction between infections and people who were sick. They, they kind of grouped them together. So naturally, the impact of this was that it drove more people to go and get tested. If they had a flu or if they had sniffles, they would go and they would get tested. So the whole first six months of the COVID-19 pandemic was media-driven because most people still today, most people do get sick or they get contagious or they get infected, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're sick. Now, there were other things that came out that were shunned or suppressed by the media, and one of them were, were the this theory that the spike proteins that are in the vaccines uh, will teach the body to attack it, which is the purpose of a vaccine, is to get the immune system to kick in when it detects a foreign body. But the difference between the spike protein and other, other kinds of viruses was it was very similar to other kinds of tissue, kind of cellulite. And so the body would also attack other things that were like the spike protein, including the placenta. This could be a problem if we give a vaccine to, to parents who get pregnant, because we don't know what the effect will be on the embryo or the placenta. There was even questions about sperm. If you took a vaccine, then your body would see the sperm as the same kind of foreign body and might attack it. And there were some evidence that sperm count dropped. Now, I was reporting all of this on my COVID-19 podcast, but nobody else was because if they did, they would be called a denier. They would be cited for misdirection. If a doctor said it, he would lose his license or she. So today I read, uh, and this comes by way of the Gateway Pundit, but the alarm reads, OBGYN drops alarming miscarriage data before Congress. Quote, I've never seen this before. Let me read a little bit of it. This is a guest post. Dr. Kimberly Biss, an OBGYN who has been involved in 
8,000 Pregnancies details how miscarriage rates have doubled year over year since the introduction of the COVID-19 injections. I've never seen this before, testified Dr. Kimberly Biss, an OBGYN who has been involved in 8,000 pregnancies before Congress, she spoke, on the injuries caused by the COVID-19 vaccines. They were held on Monday. Quote, how many of your patients or pregnant women that you know of experienced miscarriages after taking the COVID-19 vaccines or injections? Marjorie Taylor Greene asked. Dr. Biss first explained that the vaccination rate among her patient population was about 60%, and that most of the patients received three injections. Quote, very few received four or more. What's concerning, detailed Dr. Biss, is the majority of the patients receiving their injections in 2021 and early 2022. However, we're still seeing lingering effects. Last year, Dr. Biss reached out to Dr. Jessica Rose, an accomplished applied mathematician, and shared her practice's data for Dr. Rose to conduct an in-depth analysis, which she summarized in a recent Substack publication. This is what Dr. Rose found. She found that miscarriages in 2020 was about 4%. That number doubled in 2021 to approximately 7 to 8% of pregnancies. And alarmingly, the miscarriage rate doubled again in 2022, all the way to a staggering 15%. She says, what's quoted in my obstetric textbook and in some articles is not a normal miscarriage rate. That would be around 13 to 15%. And I've never seen that clinically, she said. She shared a comprehensive study performed by Nayert and colleagues, which found the average miscarriage rate stands usually at about 5.3%. And even that's a little high, she said. So 2020, it was about 4% for her. She says that she detailed time periods when the miscarriage rates were horrifically high. We peaked in November of that year, 2021, for some reason. That's actually when a non-clinical staff member came to me and said, Dr. Biss, do you realize we've had eight miscarriages this month? Uh, 25%. That means that the miscarriage rate in that particular hospital actually exceeded 30%. She says, I will tell you, in December 2022, I've never seen this before. We had 41 newly registered patients. 13 of them lost their babies. So that's 31.7% just right there in that one month. And then in January and February of 2023, it still remained high. And it hasn't normalized until June of this year. And it came down a little bit in September. The problem is, she says, if you're brand new to the practice, I haven't seen them yet because I'm the only person in my practice who asks every patient, have you gotten a vaccine? How many? Which brand? When? Have you had COVID? How many times? Because whether we like it or not, that's part of our medical history now. And I'm the only one asking those questions. Now, Maybe you don't think it's a very important... I'm sure that you understand the gravity of the situation here. We have a situation here where doctors are afraid to ask. Uh, people who are in charge at the CDC will not publish any numbers. And the NIH is turning a blind eye because what it means for them is that the vaccines are not as safe as they told everybody they were. This should be concerning to you, and yet another illustrative point 
as to why we do this show. We have to be focused on the truth. And the truth is that these vaccines were not, uh, were not, they didn't have the efficacy that they were promised. And the side effects are much more horrific than we ever imagined. And this is just with miscarriages. Reports earlier, just three weeks ago, talked about myocarditis risk. A study in Germany showed that the mortality rate of people has jumped 25%. Ladies and gentlemen, are you paying attention? You're listening to Speaking Out. I'm Jim Watkins. Now, last week, the World Health Organization put out a release uh, showing that there was a possible causal relationship between COVID-19 vaccine and multiple sclerosis. And we're allowed to report on this because it is an official WHO paper. We're limited to other things that we can report, but we can report this. 